from the number one convention, sports, and entertainment destination in the world. I'm your host, Parker Hendricks, and this is The Authorcast. Welcome back to The Authorcast. On today's episode, I will have a chat with the founder and CEO of Be Downtown, Lee Catherine Bonner, as a part of Earth Month content here at GWCCA. Be Downtown installs and maintains beehives on corporate campuses, including ours. They rebuild healthy honeybee populations while simultaneously powering employee engagement programming and leadership development. During this conversation with Lee Catherine, we discuss her background and how the company got started, the relationships with the GWCC and other Atlanta businesses, and the importance of urban beekeeping. As we have mentioned before in this podcast, the authority integrates sustainability and CSR into all aspects of our business to meet our organizational mission of enhancing the quality of life for all Georgians. And this partnership is just one of several that we have. To learn more about the sustainability efforts on our campus, please visit gwcca.org backslash sustainability. All episodes of the Authorcast are available on gwcca.org backslash Authorcast. Apple, and Spotify podcast platforms. Please subscribe, rate, and review. Thank you for your support. And now, my conversation with Lee Catherine Bonner from Be Downtown. I am now joined by the founder and CEO of Be Downtown, Lee Catherine Bonner. Thank you for coming on the Thorcast with us today. Oh, I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, we really, like I said, we really appreciate your time. I know that you have an incredible backstory and kind of the founding of Be Downtown and how that gets started. Will you share that a little bit with our listeners? Yeah, of course. So I am a fourth generation beekeeper and I couldn't have a beehive at my apartment complex while I was in college. I asked, uh, they said no. And so I asked the company I was interning for, which was the American Tobacco Campus in Durham, North Carolina, if I could put a beehive on their rooftop. Uh, studies show honeybees thrive in urban environments. They've got reduced stressors due to uh, stable living conditions. They have uh, beekeepers that are able to manage and have uh, floral sources available throughout the year. So honeybees do very well. Um, so they said, yeah, bring bring the bees. And they said, <laughs> they said we just put fire pits out uh, for the public consumption. So if those were okay by our legal team, I'm sure the bees will <laughs> Um, But that was also where Burt's Bees World Headquarters is. And they didn't have any bees. They just kind of, I think, assumed that they wouldn't be allowed to have them in a city. So they they never really asked. And then um, they were offered the opportunity and were super excited about it. And other companies heard about this, uh, we call it a business, this business. And is really just a project. It wasn't even meant to be a company, but uh, other companies heard about it. And it kind of spiraled into something so much bigger than what I could have ever imagined. And uh, so we started in North Carolina. We moved to and expanded to Atlanta about four years ago. Uh, and this year we are expanding to Charlotte, Richmond, and DC. We keep about 350 hives across um, corporate campuses. So what we do is we install and maintain beehives on corporate campuses to help rebuild sustainable honeybee populations while simultaneously providing year-round employee engagement and leader development programming to our partners, one of which is Georgia World Congress Center. Yeah, absolutely. And we're thankful for that partnership. So when did you realize that this is no longer a project? I can make a living doing this. What was that like? 
Yeah, I so I my senior year competed in the NC State. I'm an NC State University graduate um, in the entrepreneurial games that they have, and I I put a ton of work into a business plan. And um, really, it was I'm a competitive person. I was like, oh, this is a competition. I I want to try to win, um, and I won <laughs> in two different areas. And so the one of the judges came by after, and he said, "Are you doing this when you graduate?" And I told him, I said, I, I don't think so. I've been offered a job and um, I think I'm, I'm going to take the job. And he said, don't do that. That will be such a mistake. Um, he said, where are your parents? And my mom was there and um, he talked to my mom and he said, let her give you the pitch that she just gave us uh, to you and your husband and, and let her pitch to you for you investing in her first year of living expenses. And so we did a shark tank episode in my family living room and we, my parents deliberated, they asked me questions. They called me back home and uh, I came back and they said that I had one year to be profitable, to pay myself a livable wage and show growth. Um, so I didn't know startups didn't make money in the first year. Cause that was not the terms I was given for my startup. It didn't make much money. I look back now and I, I, I will, I laugh when I look back at like the tax returns over you know, the last few years. Um, but I, but we did it. And what we found is that people just not only when the bees came to the campus, was it a sustainability program, but employees absolutely fell in love with them. Yeah. And so that there was something to that, that I just, I thought, it's worth going for and continuing to to try it. Um, and here we are six years later. So it's uh, it's working so far. <laughs> yeah. So far, so good, I would say, right? Exactly. <laughs> um, so you mentioned that you started in the Raleigh-Durham area and you moved to Atlanta. What what about Atlanta was kind of the natural first step? You know, yeah. expansion was concerned. I always knew I wanted Atlanta to be the next city. Um, one, it's got so many Fortune 500 corporations headquartered there. Two, it's in the South. It's drivable distance. I had some family there. But most importantly, it is a city that's far ahead of many other cities in the world of sustainability and commitment to a sustainable city um, due to many of Atlanta's leaders really being catalysts and, and driving forces into saying this city is going to be special, especially in the South. Like we're, we're going to be ahead of our time in the South. And um, we got in accepted into a venture fund called Engage Venture Fund in Atlanta. It was brand new. We were the first cohort. We weren't supposed to get in because um, we weren't tech, but we were weird enough to where Atlanta's 10 of Atlanta's largest corporations put money into this fund. And um, the board voted for Be Downtown to come because they said we need this. We don't just need tech. We need sustainability. We need this story to be part of our city. Um, and while Georgia World Congress Center wasn't part of that fund, Georgia World Congress Center is is one of our, I call them the OGB team. There are original uh, partners and anchor companies that, that brought us to Atlanta. So what are some of those other companies that you work with here in Atlanta? Yeah, so we work with Delta, we work with AT&T, we work with Chick-fil-A, we work with Cox Enterprises, we work with Georgia Power. Georgia Power actually is the reigning national champion for the best tasting honey in the country. Oh, really? They are the the blue ribbon holder um, for that right now. So they're, they, uh, their bees have in the national black jar competition won first place. Um, Intercontinental Exchange, we work with Plant City Market, we work with uh, Invesco, we Atlanta has really uh, bought in 
to this. They they want to be part of creating a change as a community. It's not one company doing it all. It's it's so many of Atlanta's leading corporations working together to, to make a change in the community. Now, when you say you work with those companies, do you have hives at all of those companies or is that more leadership we, or how does that work? We have hives at, at all of those. Um, Invesco doesn't because their building wasn't conducive for the bees. So they actually brought them to Piedmont Park and they're um, used as a, you know, an opportunity for the school systems to come and do pollinator friendly field trips there for the public to be able to enjoy, uh, like the George Royal Congress Center bees being in a very public place for the community to learn from, basically an agritourism site. Um, but yeah, we keep the bees there and we run uh, hive tours for their employees. We do honey tasting classes. We, like you mentioned, have a leadership institute where we teach it all in this world of biomimicry. So taking naturally occurring processes uh, from nature and using that as inspiration to solve problems. And uh, Delta is, you know, wouldn't be here without biomimicry. It's We looked at birds and birds in flight and built airplanes and, and wings and jets based off of all of this understanding that we learned from from the birds so we teach about leadership through the eyes of one of mother nature's best and most effective versions of a high performing team when it comes to site selection of you know where you're going to put hives and companies that you want to work with i assume that there is a lot of strategy that goes involved with that can you can you walk us through that a little bit absolutely we, you know, safety is the most important thing for us. We understand that we're bringing agricultural entities out onto corporate campuses, where honestly, many people are too many generations removed to remember the agriculture that really the state of Georgia, as well as many people's families were, were built on. And so we're always super careful about where we put the bees, because we know not everyone is comfortable with our, our lovely ladies. Mm -hmm. uh, at first, we get them on, we get them on board pretty quick when they put on a suit with us. But uh, we need flat land. We need it to have great sunlight for the bees to help warm them up in the winter. Uh, access for employees to easily be able to come out, put on suits, have tours with us. Uh, and access for the beekeeper to be able to bring equipment and work these hives. We work them every two weeks, bring through fall. In the winter, we let them rest, um, come out like once a month. But we, uh, you know, those hives are heavy when they get full of honey. So we, we try to not make the beekeepers move you know, a couple hundred pound hives, uh, you know, an acre away from, from where the, the truck is. Are there areas that you don't want to overlap or does that matter? That's a great question. So sometimes people say honeybees, you know, honeybees are not native to the United States, but there are amazing native bees that we need to support and do everything we can to help thrive because you can't manage native pollinators like you can honeybees. So all pollinators are indicator species and uh, there's something that they're trying to tell us by their decline. And we, we do need to listen to that. Uh, they are the canary in the coal mine of, of this time in our world. And uh, we, the honeybees, they, they don't really have the ability to push out the native pollinators. Some people think they do. You, you would have to have so many honeybees in an area to do that. Um, if we ever saw major declines in honey production for multiple years in a row, we might say, hmm, maybe we've gotten to that inflection point and we would work with lots of different beekeepers to figure out what to do because there are lots of hives in the area. But what we love is that honeybees fly in a three mile radius. 
So it's 18,000 acres of the surrounding community of Georgia World Congress Center that have been positively impacted by these bees coming to the campus and by Georgia World Congress Center going above and beyond to help plant more native friendly plants, not spray so much to, to care for their bees, but all of the pollinators in the area as well. And your three mile, three mile radius overlaps with the truly living well three mile radius. It overlaps with the Georgia power radius. And so all these radiuses of beehives begin to overlap and all of the companies have taken steps to create a more healthy environment as a whole to help their honeybees, but to also be able to help all of the pollinators thrive. And everything we look at with science and data is all focused on creating pollinator corridors. And so our pollinator corridor starts in Fayetteville, Georgia with the uh, Truett's Luau Chick-fil-A, and it goes all the way up now to Alpharetta um, with Georgia 400. So it is a very long connected corridor of healthy habitat. And all these employees on the campuses begin to learn about the bees and love the bees and want to go home and build pollinator uh, friendly gardens and uh, bee hotels for the solitary bees. And uh, when I started Bee Downtown, I, I one of the things that I, I really wanted people to know and, and understand is that by doing a little bit, each of us collectively, we can do a lot. And you see that in Georgia, you, you see the corporations all coming together to collectively create a major change within the city. Yeah, that's excellent. So I want to, I want to backtrack a little bit. How did, how did the, how did the relationship with the GWCC get started? Did, did you approach us? Did we approach you? Yeah, it actually started through, um, I, we were talking with Invesco and Invesco said, Hey, you guys should look at Georgia world Congress center and um, and I was like, oh, I had been there before in college a couple of times. And I was like, that would be a great place for it. And so then I was introduced to Tim and um, who at that time was running Tim Trevzer, who's running sustainability and CSR at that point. And um, I was 23, I think at the time, I was just like so scared to have these meetings with these, you know, at, Atlanta Goliath. And, mm-hmm. and Tim was so kind. And he just said, we need this. Like, we will find a way to do this because sustainability matters. And at that point, I just remember that conversation so vividly because I remember thinking we made the right choice coming to Atlanta to know that, you know, at very first meeting, one of my very first meetings with people to have someone say sustainability matters, we need to do this. Um, That, that was such an exciting moment for me because I knew it it was going to work. We knew it worked in North Carolina, but I'm a North Carolina girl. We didn't know if it would work when I moved out of my home state um, and to see it not only work, but but thrive in Atlanta has been a very humbling, but very, very exciting experience. Yeah, I, I've, I've been at the Congress Center for almost five years now, and it's really the first place that I've worked that sustainability is a key pillar of our organization. And Tim Tim still leads that up and does a great job. And I know that when, when we got the when we got the honeybees, it was something that was exciting for the entire campus. And that's something that that brings me to my next question. <clears throat> I've actually participated in some of the BET Leadership Institute, um, and was I have not put on the beekeeper suit, but I, I know some of my co- we'll get you there. Yeah, I haven't. I haven't. That, that's a bridge a little too far for me. Um, but um, explain kind of that the corporate beehive program, the Leadership Institute, what you do, not only what you do with our organization, but what you do with other organizations as well. Yeah. So we. 
like I said, when we first started, it was just putting bees on campuses and it was a way for me to keep bees. Um, And they would get the honey from the hives, but they would pay a small fee to have the bees come and they would use it in their sustainability reports and um, to show off to, you know, tenants and partners. But uh, the employees, when they would see the beekeeper come, they would come down, they'd say, hey, do you have a suit? Can I come on a tour? Can you come, you know, can I bring my daughter's Girl Scout troop here? Uh, which we've done at George World Congress Center. They, that's a badge that they could get. Yeah. And, um, it just ended up becoming, and there was a need for it. And so where I thought the need was sustainability, and it truly is, there's this need for employee engagement that's focused on sustainability. That's not necessarily, hey, let's give back through uh, you know volunteer time to sustainability. It's, hey, let's learn how to become more sustainable in our corporations, but also in our home life. Um, and so it morphed into this employee engagement, creating great places to work, helping people know what we it, we say, uh, fun with focus. It's facilitated fun. You're invited to become part of the B team. Um, and employees just couldn't get enough of it. And so one of, we did high, you know, hive tours, honey tastings, all these different events throughout the year so that it wasn't just uh, the bees came out on the campus for this warm glow of sustainability and nobody knew anything more about them than, hey, there's boxes here and we get some honey. People know about the bees. They've learned about the bees yeah. and they wanted to keep learning about the bees. So over the course of many years, we we realized that there was this beautiful leadership story to tell of the bees where we can teach about leadership in a way where we're the facilitators of the teaching, but the bees are the teachers. Yeah. Um, all the lessons we learn are through the bees. Uh, it, maybe a specific example, especially during COVID is honeybees always move towards stressors as a unit. If uh, an alarm goes off in the beehive and they say something's not right, there is no, hey, well, that's not my job or that's somebody else's problem. It's not my problem. They all move as a unit for the good of the hive to help the hive survive. And during COVID, the companies that we've seen do very well are the companies that quickly adapted to the stressors and said, hey, I'm like what we were talking about before we, we started recording this is, you know, you said I, you've done more cleaning of Georgia World Congress Center and, and helping out as a teammate to whatever needed to get done than, than what you've ever done before. Yeah, uh, and that's that's the mindset of the hive of we do this for the collective good and the we over I, because at the end of the day, a colony cannot survive on its own. The colony has to have enough of the we to be able to make it through the winter back to the next spring. And that's a, a COVID lesson from the bees that ring so true. And we've seen it with the corporations is those that get their hands dirty, they, you know, they, they pick up the broom, they'll, they'll go and they'll be a marketer and then they'll be a salesperson and then they'll, they'll be a teammate and a friend. Um, and then they'll go scrub a toilet if they need to, you know, those are the companies that have done very well through COVID. Um, they took on the mindset of the bees. There's so many lessons that we can learn about the bees in regards to leadership and creating high performing teams. So we built this leadership Institute where even if you don't have hives with us, you can still participate in these courses with your team. Yeah. Were were you surprised of the did the did the interest from the companies surprise it, you? It uh, did. You know, I um I always joke that beekeepers can give the Illuminati a run for their money. Everyone <laughs> thinks that like the Illuminati are like so elusive and they're everywhere, but you don't know who they are. That's yeah. actually beekeepers. They are everywhere and yeah. you don't know until they just mention it one day and you're like, oh, so it's so many 
actually executives that are known to be great leaders, very much so in Atlanta. Um, Dan Cathy is a beekeeper, the CEO of Georgia Power. Paul Bauer is one of his best friends, is one of the largest honey distributors in the country. Um, Alex Taylor, his grandmother, uh, was uh, a lover of all things bee, and so Alex is as well. Um, all, and the CEO of Invesco, his wife is a beekeeper and they have bees on their property. And so uh, what we found is so many of these great leaders are beekeepers and there's so many attributes to a great beekeeper that pair with a great leader. So it ended up not being as uh, surprising once we learned it as, as it is. But in the moment when we just kept hearing people say, oh, I love the bees or I'm a beekeeper, um, it felt like the bees wanted us in Atlanta. Yeah. when we expanded there. So you're, you know, you're several years into be downtown now. Do you, how do you view yourself or do you view yourself at, or the company as a still an agriculture first, or is it more leadership or is it, you know, I'm obviously it's combined, but how do you yeah. view be downtown now? Be downtown has changed a lot um, and, and morphed, but at the end of the day, you know, why I started be downtown is, I, I grew up in the city, but had a family farm about an hour away and had the, what I think is the absolute privilege of growing up, learning about what it takes to bring something from seed to harvest, mm-hmm. how much work it takes for our food to get put on our table and our plates before we, and we never even think about it anymore. Um, and my hope was, well, my family's farm is, you know, in rural North Carolina, um, those lessons ring true in so many different parts of my life of what I've learned about ag. And I wanted people in cities to fall back in love with nature. And the bees did a wonderful job of that, of inviting people to play out in nature and fall in love with it again. And so for me, I feel like Bee Downtown is very much succeeding in that goal. It the, the bees have created these cultures at, at companies that I would have never expected. Um, and they're small, but they're mighty. And if anybody says small things can't make a big difference in the world, they have never met a honeybee yet because the, the bees have the ability to make change that we could never fathom. Um, and so I we are ag. We always put the honeybees first. There is nothing that is more important than the absolute best standard of care for the bees we can provide. But what we've learned is that the bees are a catalyst to this world of employee engagement and leader development. Um, Everyone on our team that's a full-time member has to be working to uh, get their beekeeper certification or the next level of certification. And I don't care what they do at Bee Downtown. They can't do their best job at Bee Downtown if they don't know what's best for the bees. So that is something that I've, uh, I've, I've definitely put my foot down on and and you're going to be on the B team. You're going to be on the B team. (laughs) You're going to know how to open a hive and work some bees because if not, you can't, you can't help build this company the way we want it built. Yeah, absolutely. So I I know that I've, I've been around the hives on our campus and I know that, so, you know, some of, some of my employees and, and myself to an extent can be a little skittish around the bees. You know, because yes. we have this kind of negative connotation of of, of bees that they're going to stay yeah. all this. But the work that your company does is so vital to the environment and to the sustainability efforts, not only, you know, on our campus, but also throughout Atlanta and the other cities that you're at. Kind of explain why urban beekeeping matters. Absolutely. Urban beekeeping is 
is so important because uh, most of the honeybees in the United States live on the back of 18-wheeler trucks and are moved across the country for pollination because we've changed agricultural processes from small family farms and crop rotation that is sustainable ag to large monoculture farms. And there's once that crop is done blooming, there's no food available for the bees and they cannot survive. Whereas in the past, you would, a farmer would have bees on their farm and they'd live there all year. Now they have to get trucked in and trucked out. Um, and that's, you know, when it's like when you go on a big vacation and you come home and you're like, wow, as great as that was, I need a week to recover. Need a the, vacation the, from my vacation. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> the the honeybees don't get that. They get yeah. trucked to the next location and it's all one type of food, which, you know, we know, and we teach our uh, children and, and society that we need diversity of food and a balanced diet to be healthy. So the fact that we're taking the world's number one pollinator and and not giving it a healthy diet in large ag is is not good um, but in cities people plant all different types of plants they they want the plants blooming for longer throughout the year their gardens to be colorful throughout the year so there's longer periods of time where the bees have food uh, in cities we do still very much overspray pesticides because we don't have to read chemical labels like farmers do so the pesticide issue is is one that in cities is uh, troublesome, but the bees are in stable conditions, so they're not as stressed out. While the national loss average for honeybees is around 37, 30 to 37% a year, the worst year Bee Downtown has ever had, um, what we had an 18% loss rate. Um, so it's much lower than the national average because of one, the, the standard of care that we give our bees. We're not pushing them to produce more honey. We're not pushing them to, to split the beehives out multiple times. Um, we, we don't need to do that. We'll take the honey that's extra from the bees and nothing more. All of our partners know that and they're great about it. You know, it's, you don't, we don't promise a certain amount of honey to partners ever because there could be a year where there's no honey. Um, and that's a lesson in agriculture is you cannot control mother nature. You are always at the mercy of, of mother nature. Um, so we, uh, we, there's a lot in a city that is very helpful to bees, but when you're also in a city and beekeeping has become very much a hobby for people, what we always try to tell people is you don't, you don't have to become a beekeeper to love the bees. We actually don't encourage it unless you're going to be very, very serious about learning before you get your bees, because by getting bees and being what we call a bee haver, not a beekeeper, that means you've got your bees and you just you let them do whatever they want to do and you're not you're not their keeper um you can spread disease throughout a city and lots of pollinators can get sick lots of bees can die um so what we always tell people is we would love nothing more than for people to plant beautiful gardens and feed the bees and then the beekeepers that are in a city will have healthier stronger hives which will better the entire community excellent i have one final question for you i know that when when you mentioned earlier, our beehives are in a very public or will be again in a very public area. Yes. Um, and there are these like beautiful multicolored, you know, buildings, you know. Yeah. Is that your preference or is that the colors? Does that matter to the bees or how does that work? That's a great question. Um, so everything we do, we do for the bees. Now there are times where we can spin it and and get 
something additional for our partners out of it, but at the courts for the bees. So if, if all the Georgia World Congress Center beehives were lined up, they were all in white boxes, the, the boxes on the end would have typically more bees and it would be a stronger colony because of drift where the bees come back home and all the boxes look the same. They can't quite figure out which one is theirs, but when the hives are painted and they've got you know, one of the George World Congress Center hives has uh, pictures and, and faces of some of the most prominent um, people that have been historical figures that were from Atlanta. We have, um, they're all bright different colors and the, the bees are actually looking for the faces of the prominent Atlanta uh, uh, influencers that have created great change in the world. They're looking for them. And then the next hive is looking for uh, the the red hive or the blue hive. And, yeah. and so the bees know how to come home based off of the colors and the faces and the different designs. So it's great marketing and branding for companies to be able to put their logos on the hives and, and have their brand colors on the hives. Um, or it's great storytelling like George World Congress Center chose to do is the history of Atlanta, mm -hmm. what makes Atlanta great on their hives. But the bees know uh, which one's theirs based off of the colors. Well, that's so interesting. Thank you for explaining it. Thank you for taking time out of your day to just chat with us. Uh, if people want to find out more about Be Downtown, where can they do that? Absolutely. Well, thank you for the invitation. We we love working and partnering with y'all. Um, the George World Congress Center is so wonderful for Atlanta to have in the city. Um, we're proud to be a partner of yours and, and have bees on this campus. And if they want, if people want to learn more, they can go to our website. It's B E E dash downtown.com or they can follow us on instagram facebook and twitter and it's at bee -E downtown well thank you so much and like you said likewise to you we really appreciate the partnership that we have uh, with you guys as well thank you awesome. yes thank you